Is it possible that the right combination of sounds and images could alter our ideas and our needs? In this first episode, we are going to explore the foundation of today's new methods of propaganda. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Marco. A few months ago, I published the idea of Nile, an open source and totally free shopping platform to fight against Amazon, Uber, and food delivery services. Last year, before trying my hand at building Nile, I lectured in school about the risk of social networks. Today, I'm starting this series of podcasts to try to spread knowledge about this important topic. I think we, I think we all knew in the back of our minds even though we feigned this whole line of like, there probably aren't any really bad unintended consequences. I think in the back, deep, deep recesses of our minds, we, we kind of knew something bad could happen. You just listened to the former executive at Facebook, Chamat Palapatia. In November 2017, during an interview at Standard University, revealed that for ethical reason and regrets having helped Facebook to become one of the largest social media platform in the world. Um, there was a hoax in WhatsApp where um, in some like village in India, um, people were like afraid that their kids were going to get kidnapped, etc. And then there were these lynchings that happened as a result, where people were like vigilante running around, they think they found the person and they, I mean, I mean, seriously? Like, that's what we're dealing with. You know, Im imagine like when you take that to the extreme, where, you know, bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want. It's just a, it's a really, really bad state of affairs. And we compound the problem, right? We curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in these short-term signals, hearts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. And instead, what it really is, is fake, brittle popularity that's short-term and that leaves you even more, and admit it, vacant and empty before you did it. Because then it forces you into this vicious cycle where you're like, what's the next thing I need to do now? Because I need it back. Think about that compounded by two billion people. And then think about how people react then to the perceptions of others. It's just a, it's a really bad. It's really, really bad. It sounds like you're taking deep personal responsibility also in, in being a part of it. I kind of look, I did a, I did what I, I did a great job there. And I think that business overwhelmingly does positive good in the world. Where I have decided to spend my time is to take the capital that they rewarded me with and now focus on the structural changes that I can control. I can't control that. I can control my decisions, which is I don't use this shit. Um, I can control my kids' decisions, which is they're not allowed to use this shit. Um, <laughs> And then I can go focus on diabetes and education and climate change. And that's what I can do. But everybody else has to soul search a little bit more about what you're willing to do because your behaviors, you don't realize it, but you are being programmed. 
It was unintentional. But now you got to decide how much you're willing to give up, how much of your intellectual independence. And don't think, oh yeah, not me. I'm a fucking genius. I'm at Stanford. You're probably the most likely to fucking fall for it. Because <laughs> you were fucking checkboxing your whole goddamn life. This manipulation process isn't something new. During the course of history, we know that entire civilization have been reprogrammed to be under the control of a small group of people. The ancient Romans had Panemet Tircense, or bread and entertainment. In order to gain political popularity, the empire offered free entertainment and food to the people. During Mussolini's patient leadership, propaganda was a crucial instrument for acquiring and maintaining power. School books were filled with racism. Newspaper could be removed if they contained critics to the government. I think that the best implementation of propaganda is the one in which we don't even realize that there is a central government altering our thoughts. For example, in the USA, in 1929, Edward Barnes thought about an effective plan to promote cigarettes for women. His most dramatic experiment was to persuade women to smoke. At that time, there was a taboo against women smoking, and one of his early clients, George Hill, the president of the American Tobacco Corporation, asked Bernays to find a way of breaking it. A. A. Brill was one of the first psychoanalysts in America, and for a large fee, he told Bernays that cigarettes were a symbol of the penis and of male sexual power. He told Bernays that if he could find a way to connect cigarettes with the idea of challenging male power, then women would smoke, because then they would have their own penises. Every year, New York held an Easter Day parade to which thousands came. And Bernays decided to stage an event there. He persuaded a group of rich debutantes to hide cigarettes under their clothes. Then, they should join the parade, and at a given signal from him, they were to light up the cigarettes dramatically. Bernays then informed the press that he had heard that a group of suffragettes were preparing to protest by lighting up what they called torches of freedom. He knew this would be an outcry, and he knew that all of the photographers would be there to capture this moment, and so he was ready with a phrase which was torches of freedom. And so here you have a symbol, women, young women, debutantes, smoking a cigarette in public with a phrase that means anybody who believes in this kind of equality pretty much has to support them in the ensuing debate about this, because torches of freedom. We have all grown up continuously hit by advertisement. Propaganda is in our daily life billboards, TV shows, Spotify, and every time we browse the web. For example, you'll notice if you search something on Google like shoes, then you have shoes everywhere. But this is not what worries Palapatia. This is only a dumb algorithm that, given your last searches and your taste, suggests you what you'll probably like. In the next episode, we are going to understand how Facebook, Instagram, and other social media are using targeted marketing to transform us in the best consumers. 
Thanks for listening to this episode, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you want to learn more, join the Nile community. Go to nile.shopping and click join us on Discord. See you there. Bye.